right, back here on 760 WJR. As Michigan football continues to roll along undefeated, it's still early in the year, but we are reminded that back in 1997, a Michigan football team went from beginning to end undefeated and won the school's only national championship. There's a new book that recounts this beautifully, step-by-step. It's called Mountaintop, The Inside Story of Michigan's 1997 National Title Climb. It was written by two former Free Press Michigan beat writers who were there throughout the process uh, or covered the team over the years at some point, Nick Baumgartner and Mark Snyder. And, of course, at the center of that whole story was the coach of that 1997 team, Lloyd Carr, and we have the great pleasure of welcoming Lloyd to the Mitch Album program. Hello, Lloyd. Well, thanks for that beautiful uh, introduction, Mitch. Well, it's been, uh, let's see, 1997. That's 26 years. And it's about time that there was a book about the season, considering that uh, for all that Michigan has accomplished, that still remains the one national title. Now, can you start off by telling people that back then, and young, our young listeners may not remember this, but they didn't have national championship games. They didn't have playoffs. They just had polls. And so you had to make sure that you finished you know, first in the polls. So was it weird to like win all your games and still have to wait to see how a vote came out to see if you won a national championship? Well, I don't remember ever dealing with that issue, Mitch, but um, the thing I am sure of is that the the book was told by the players, and that's the thing that I really felt positive about because uh, Nick and Mark did a great job of uh, making it into a readable thing, and they, they told a lot of great stories that only the players knew about. I learned a few things myself. That I had, was not aware of, but um, like yeah, what? Was, what? 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 Did, what? Give me an example of something you learned that you didn't know twenty six years later. Well, I didn't know that there was a party there with uh, Aaron Shea and Steve Frazier in the dorm. And um, long story short, we ended up having a picture the next day of the party in the West Quad, and uh, there had been a fire that was started by an electrical malfunction. And uh, I tried my hardest to find out who was responsible because that was behavior that was unacceptable in the dorms. So Steve Frazier uh, and Aaron Shea, both those guys played uh, a big role. And if you want to know what the rest of the story was, You'll have to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty good at this, uh, boy. Yeah, good tease. Yeah, way to pump, <laughs> way to pump the uh, sales up that way. <laughs> Leave us hanging. Uh, that, now, that season was an interesting one. If people try to remember 1997, you did not have a 1,000-yard rusher. You did not have a 500-yard receiver. If people are wondering, they're racking their brains, okay, who was on that team? Was, uh, did the name Ty Streets? mean anything to you the leading receiver on the team chris howard the leading rusher on the team and the quarterback everyone probably goes oh that'd be tom brady right well yeah tom brady was on the team but tom brady didn't start any games (laughs) tom brady was the backup to brian greasy so tom brady has a ring from the championship team but didn't 
play a major part in it at all. Brian Greasy was actually your quarterback. And at that time, even though now, you know, you look at their pro careers, Lloyd, it's no contest. But back then, Brian Greasy was the better quarterback, right? Well, he was the most well-prepared because he had been through, uh, he took over for Scott Dreisbach in the 95 season. And uh, Streets and all those talented guys played an important role. But Tom Brady, you know, was such a great competitor. He made us a better team from the standpoint that uh, he came every single day, fired up, competing to the best he could be because he believed that he was the best quarterback. And uh, his attitude had a great impact. So he was a leader, even though... Uh, he did not play as much as he wanted to. Did he ever complain to you about not playing? Well, he came in one day in his sophomore year, and he said, Coach, I think I'm going to transfer. And I said, why? And he said, well, because I don't think I'm going to ever play here. I don't think I'm being treated fairly, and I just think it's best that I leave. And I said, well, um, Tom, if you leave Michigan, it'll be the biggest mistake you ever make. So uh, I said, well, why don't you go on home tonight, think about it, talk to your mom and dad, and come back and see me tomorrow. So uh, I was in a staff meeting following that meeting with Tom, and uh, I told the coaches, I said, look, Tom's going to leave, so we've got to deal with uh, that issue. And uh, the next day, Tom came in, and he sat down in fr- right in front of my desk, and uh, he leaned forward and he said, Coach Carr, I've decided I'm going to stay at Michigan and I'm going to prove to you that I'm a great quarterback. Wow. And you proceeded to uh, keep him on the bench the whole rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, we were playing awfully well. And the answer is the yes. One, <laughs> the one thing, the one thing I, I say is, uh, Tom, you know, Brian Greasy played, um, you know, nine games, I think, and he had a record of five and four. He had some, some outstanding games, and he had some games that weren't so great. But um, Greasy used all the things that he learned in the bets. It wasn't a team that Michigan was bragging about, but uh, it was the foundation that enabled him to come in and, you know, any mention of great quarterbacks at Michigan, he has to be in the conversation yeah. because he, he certainly played a great season in 97. 97 season began, I don't expect anybody to remember this, but back then uh, Michigan would usually play one highly ranked opponent, you know, non-conference opponent, and maybe, you know, uh, maybe a lesser one, and then Notre Dame. Now the schedule is, you know, first you play our Sisters of the Week, then you play our Sisters of the Hopeless, <laughs> then you say our Sisters of the Helpless, and then you start the Big Ten season. And not just that's not just Michigan. You know, a lot most schools do that. But your schedule back in 1997, you opened against number eight, Colorado, at Michigan. Then you played Baylor, and then you played Notre Dame. It's not exactly like the uh, pushover schedule, and you won your first game against Colorado, twenty-seven to three. Did you have some inkling after that that hey, we just beat the number eight team in the country, and you weren't, uh, I think, ranked that high right then? You were like number 
I don't know where you were, number 14 maybe or something like that. Did you have some sense that you were onto something special? You know, I didn't have anything to do with the scheduling <laughs> in yeah. 1995. But, uh, yeah, I would not have wanted to play that schedule every <laughs> year, but it, it worked out. And, and really, uh, that opening game against Colorado uh, was a dominating uh, performance. Our defense was outstanding, and uh, it was just a great victory. And it really, the momentum that we picked up coming out of that game because the expectations were not uh, as high for that team. I think we were ranked in the Big Ten uh, uh, media prior to the season. They picked us to finish uh, fifth in the conference. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, You you, you outperformed. You outkicked your coverage. (laughs) And then, of course, you had had some showdown games – uh, against Penn State was ranked number two in the country at the time. You were number four. You went to to Happy Valley there and beat them there, thirty four to eight. Wow! I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, and then you played uh, Ohio State two weeks later, and they were number four, uh, ranked number four. You you had reached up to number one, and uh, that was a close one. That was in Ann Arbor, and you beat them twenty to fourteen. Anything that you remember from that particular Ohio State game that sent you to the Rose Bowl? Well, it was a, it was um, we jumped out to a good lead, twenty-one nothing at the half. But when, as we went up the tunnel to the locker room, I'm thinking, how did this happen? But I I understood in that rivalry, you don't count anybody out. And uh, Ohio State uh, came back and made it into a one-score game, and um, late in that game. We made the plays on defense that gave us a victory that uh, ensured us of a chance of winning a national championship. Yeah, and then the national championship game was the Rose Bowl uh, against Washington State. Again, it wasn't the national championship game. You had to win it in order to be ranked number one in the polls, which you ultimately did. You beat Washington State 21-16, to uh, Bonus points for anyone who can name Washington State's quarterback. Hmm. Ryan Leaf, right? Ryan Leaf, right. yes. The great <laughs> wow. Ryan Leaf, who at the time everybody thought was maybe the best quarterback in the country, yeah. right? Him and Peyton Manning, right? No doubt. And, I, you know, the thing that, that stands out in my mind in that season, you know, great players make great coaches, you know. <laughs> Brian Greasy, and, but Charles Woodson – was the won the Heisman Trophy as a predominantly defensive player. You know, to do that just speaks to the enormous respect and that uh, Woodson engendered amongst his teammates and the fans and throughout college football. It was a it was a great reward uh, that a great player really uh, made us a team that could be as good as we were. And interesting to note that that year after winning the Rose Bowl, unlike what it is today, you had to wait a couple of days before the polls came out to actually find out if you had technically won the national championship because Nebraska was was, uh, there as well. And uh, you were voted by the Associated Press, Football News, Football Writers uh, Association of America as a national champion, a bunch of other ones. And... um, 
certainly around here, that's how everybody remembers it, even though technically it was a tie. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the great rewards of coaching, and especially coaching at a place like Michigan. Uh, you're going to be able to recruit great players, and um, if you can do a good job coaching them, then there's nothing uh, in my experience like that 97 team because the expectations were so low, and we had four seasons in a row of four losses. You know, there was nobody particularly excited about the 97 team, but uh, the guys on that team had the heart and the courage and the toughness that it takes to compete to the, at the highest level. And as you mentioned, uh, that schedule was uh, murder's row. I mean, uh, <laughs> there were no easy ones there. No, but you uh, you beat them all. You beat everybody they put in front of you. This is uh, just a glimpse of what you can find out, of course, in great detail, and find out who set that fire. <laughs> in, <laughs> my, my, you're leaving us hanging here. It's like an episode of Homeland. Yeah. Uh, mountaintop. Well, I, I will. I should mention, you know, that one of the interesting things about this, there was a keg of beer, and a pretty empty keg uh, by the time the Michigan yeah, Daily bet took the picture that appeared on the Michigan Daily. So uh, it was uh, Frazier carried this keg of beer up 12 flights of stairs. <laughs> so it was the maddest I've ever been in my life. And, well, at least you and, knew he was in shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's a hell of a heck of a feat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, should put that in the workout. Yeah. Find out more days. about all this in, in Mountaintop, the inside story of Michigan's 1997 national title climb by Nick Malbgarner and Mark Snyder. Lloyd, it's great to hear your voice. I'm sure our listeners are so happy to hear you recount some of this stuff. Yeah. Congratulations on mm -hmm. this book and, and uh, 26 years worth of congratulations uh, since 1997. Still the only uh, national championship for Michigan. Great catching up with you, Lloyd. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Mitch. Back with more on 760 WJR.